I want to dive right into for our listeners, and I'm, uh, Zach's going to run with it a little bit also, but we've got football season coming up. And um, you were just at the Combine, right, with your, with your son? Uh, la- we went to actually Kansas City uh, in June with the Chiefs, and I took him because you, know, you go and you'll do demos with the team staff, and a lot of the staff aren't very athletic sometimes. So I wanted to have an example. And then the other thing is we didn't want to use players because you don't want to you know, mess with the players, injure the players or anything like that. So they just finished camp, uh, off-season camp. They took off, so brought my son. He did all the demos. He has like, he's 14 years old, so he has more energy than the three of us put together. And the kid, so. by the way, the kid runs like a deer. Like, oh, so he's I'm got sure, his father yeah. as his coach. Yeah. And like, I'll, Derek will be putting videos up of his son. And we're all like at drive laughing. We're like, look at this kid run. And he's just, he's just like incredibly talented. I think he just won bet what best athlete in his, in his school or, or he won yeah, some- the last couple of years. So like same school as me and I won it in grade eight and nine. And now he, I didn't rent it in grade 10. So he's probably going to do that and make, embarrass Make me, you so look bad. Whatever. <laughs> so can we, can we jump into, um, can we jump into football season? Can we jump into preparation? Let's start with let's start with the combine because that's where I feel like it all it all begins, Zach. You know, it's like you've got all these athletes. They go. They, they typically have a good college career or maybe playing in some other league somewhere else, and they come in to prove themselves in this combine. But I feel like Derek that there's a lot of almost controversy over the specific drills they're being put through. Well, because there's a lot. Ri- sorry, but there's a lot riding on it for them, and I, I, I'm curious to know what Derek has to say. Whether it's you know as much pressure should be put on their performance there if it's not really going to connect to what they can do on the field. Yeah, it's it's a tough one because, you know, everything in the NFL is a bit of a showcase exhibition. Like, it's it's about engaging viewers. And so this is just part of that, whether or not it's part of the evaluation for the teams. Like, nowadays, you can go and you can give access to so much film and video, right? Like, you know, back when we were athletes, I think I was videoed like three times or I have two photos of myself. And now there's so much information on how somebody plays different camera angles. Like you go on that, that huddle uh, site and you can see anybody and they make highlight tapes. And so I would, I, I feel like there's enough information to assess somebody on their football skill and even their speed, right? You can see how they run relative to everybody else. So what really happens now is you have a combine that's showcasing things that you should probably already know. And maybe the only thing it's telling you is like, you know, has the guy kept training once his college career is over? Is he still in shape? What's his work ethic like? Um, but other than that, you shouldn't be surprised. Like if, if somebody comes out of nowhere and runs a great 40, go back and look at his film and maybe he was dropping every pass. Who knows? Um, so I, I just feel like it's just part of this show now and other sports are doing it now, obviously basketball, hockey, soccer, and, and there's even less value. Um, so I, I really think it's, you know, you, you got to understand and take it what it is for what it is. And I, the biggest value of the combine is the interviews and the medicals. Um, but you what don't do you mean see by, that. What do you mean by interviews? Well, they sit the guy down and they ask him questions like what, you know, can you relate to us? Can you communicate? Do you have anything going on in your past that we should know about? And, and obviously the investigations around that, because you see what happens now if something comes out after the fact. Um, so there's a lot more to that, I would say, in the psychological profiling, whatever you want to call it, than, than the actual 40 yard dash and the vertical jump. So it's I mean, that's kind of an, it's just an afterthought. Yeah, go do these things. If a guy performs poorly, 
his stock will go down. If somebody, you know, is where they should be, it's like, whatever. Um, you'll have the odd guy where like, wow, that guy tested really well. Um, and I think the, the big, uh, you know, I remember that guy, Adam Archuleta. Yeah. Like I he do. tested really well and then he was injured all the time. It wasn't, did couldn't play that well. So I think you got to keep that in the back. It's like any assessment, Don, like, you know, it's just, you just file it, you know, use it when it's relevant. So do they have people like prepping them for those interviews? Because if that's a major part of it, you think that they would have somebody that's going to kind of get them ready to say the right answers, even if they don't mean it. Yeah. Yeah, just like a, an expert witness right. or a witness on testimony, right? So yeah, I think you have to be coached that. And if you go to some of the bigger prep um, organizations like an Exos, like you're getting everything, like you're getting prepped on, you know, the football side. They have football experts come in and talk about the playbooks of different teams, so you can answer that. But also just handle yourself intelligently, and you know, which is a bit of a stretch for some of these guys, but but certainly able to handle yourself and, and give the impression that you're, you know, you're an adult and you're going to function within our system. So, yeah. Can you break down, um, you know, the different categories? Cause there is a lot and I find it, I find it interesting. As you said, it's, I think the best word to use was showcase because you know, I never really know when it's on, but sometimes I come across it and I'm like, Oh, all right. And you, and you like to see the vertical jump and you like to see the sprint. And one of my favorite ones to watch, which I, th- I don't know if it, if in your opinion, you think it has any relevance is the, the two twenty five bench press, you know? So yeah, yeah it, exactly. So could you, could you break down? I mean, I don't know if off the top of your head, you, you know, all the categories, but I think a lot of our viewers would be interested. Yeah. Like there's, you know, you have, the interesting thing, they have the 40 yard dash and then they have an, a time that comes with it. It's not a fully electronically derived time there. And I'm not sure what happens, but it, the, the time you see on the screen is different than what they get up in the booth. And there's guy, all the coaches have their stopwatches. So I don't even know what that time is. Like if you go to a track meet at the Olympics, it's electronically timed and it's, it's accurate to the thousandth of a second. You go to the combine, who knows? Because they'll do that overlay thing where they put two players and they might have the same time and one is ahead of the other. So there's something going on with the time. And I think what it is, is that because Deion Sanders ran a hand time for whatever to, they don't want to break that myth up of, you know, or say like, okay, now we're doing fully electronic time. The best time is four or six. Then it kind of you loses the luster. Oh, so. excuse it. You know, it's actually it's actually a good point. It almost made me just think about the uh, the Olympics with with swimmers when yeah. you know for for years they're they're yeah they're all in briefs and the next thing you know they're in like shorty wetsuits and I'm like wait a second this changes buoyancy this changes glide this is really but but why skewing everything but why haven't they you know come to a consensus that they should just adopt what the Olympics use it would make sense like what is the pushback I don't understand <laughs> well we could get in the whole drug testing thing too but um, <laughs> different talk. <laughs> By the way, yeah, 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 we need yeah. more time. Though. This is after the after hours talk. Um, uh, yeah, absolutely. They should standardize everything. But I guess the other thing that's happening is that you'll go. They also factoring in data from like the pro day, which is done at the school of the athlete, which is probably, I don't know, hand time, whatever. And then there's other regional combines. And so unless everybody has the same equipment, it's apples and oranges. Right. Which which gets difficult. So. Who knows? I, again, it goes back to like, can the guy play football? But you get into vertical jump, um, broad, standing broad jump, you know, vertical jump, jump. You'd like to see guys over 35 inches, broad jump over 10 feet. Some guys go over 11 feet, which is amazing. Um, they have like a, a, a three cone drill or a pro agility drill, which is five, 10, five. 
then they have an L test where it's again, it's a three cone. You run around the, the cones a bit. And are those worthwhile? Do you think? Do you think that those are all like they, they connect to anything, or are they just kind of as you said, all for again, show? It's just noise. Like it's just yeah, you look at it, but then if he can't tackle and he can't read the play. Right. It doesn't matter how agile you are. If you don't know where you should be and, you know, how to read the offense or the defense, it's so tough. So I, I, I don't know. Like, how many again, combines have you been to? File. What's that? How many combines have you been to? Oh, too many. Like, to, it's just, it's, it's at that where you're just like, oh, I'm here again. Yeah, uh, I got right. you. It's just something you do. So, yeah. It's, it's, again, it is a bit of a show, like Don was saying. And you just sort of, okay, whatever. And you just, go out and have beers with somebody but um yeah it's it's tough it's so tough because if you look at the top players and where they were drafted like there's no correlation between where you were drafted and how great you are right so you know you just want to be in the ballpark i guess um you know and then then the bench reps yeah, uh, don like yeah. i don't know about the bench reps so if you have a if i had a guy do 50 bench reps i'd probably be worried he's not focusing on football you know, whereas if he was Kevin Durant and he couldn't do 185, well, I think that's a problem too. That that kind of speaks to the training ethic more than, like, is that performance relevant? Yeah, but that gets into my mo- my um, next topic now. It's um, and you and I have discussed this in the past. Training sometimes can actually hurt an athlete, and I think you and I were discussing. We're just discussing Pat Davidson's article about time Tom Brady and pliability, and. You know, a lot of people, and I, I always think of um, um, ex-long um, drive, Remax long drive champion, Tim Burke. He was a, a pitcher out of uh, University of Miami. This is a six-foot-five farm boy, probably 240 pounds. You know, had a, had a, had a cannon of an arm and decides to get into long drive comp- competitions. And, and the guy ends up hitting a golf ball 227 miles an hour with a club speed of over 155 miles an hour, 154 miles an hour, which is, like, staggering numbers i mean this is like the top of the top and when i was talking to him he i was like what do you do for training he's like i don't and he's like but i want to get into it and when he sat down he talked to me about it i remember looking at charlie weingroff and saying i'm almost a little nervous to touch this guy and and you'll never hear me say that about anyone but i don't know like what is it like suddenly this guy starts hand cleaning is he supposed to get stronger is he supposed to become faster you know better than anyone and i think a lot of society doesn't realize that some training's a stress you don't know how someone's going to respond to that i'm sorry respond to that stress you can say respond i don't care respond what do you think about so what do you think about what uh, pat davidson's um can you can, can you talk about what he was discussing with with tom brady and and, and, yeah, and yeah, Tom definitely. Strain. Like the, Charlie Francis had a great story, and he always uses the the term like the 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 surgery was a success, but the patient died. Um, so the whole idea that you go on and you do exactly what you want to do, but it results in a really bad result. So uh, there was a great story about a, a Russian female sprinter who was like world champion, like you know, running the best times consistently, and then she got married to a guy who was a hammer thrower. So like really knew a lot about weights and resistance training. And so he came in and of course he's like looking at her weight program, even though she's world champion or Olympic champion or whatever. And he's like, Oh, your weight program sucks. I'm going to change it. So basically he changed the program. All her lifts went up and she was never close to being a contender in sprinting. So you yeah, have to be careful. Like I agree with you. Like if it's going well, like a lot of people would say, what would you change change about Usain Bolt? I don't know. Like nothing. Like, He's doing, he's doing well. So I, in the Tom Brady example, 
you know, obviously it's working. Um, he doesn't have to be fast. Like we all saw his 40 yard dash and he has a you know body that looks like a bag of milk. And um, who am I to say like, you need to do this Tom Brady. I, I just, I just can't see how anybody could come up with a physical prep plan. That's going to make him a better quarterback aside from just making him happy, making sure he doesn't get injured and he doesn't overstress himself. And so maybe the pliability thing works in his favor yeah i think that's more of i think that could also be more of a mental thing because you know you've seen some of his training on paper and it's you know say what you want about it some good coaches are like it's good some good coaches are like it sucks i mean you always got you always have a critic but yeah mentally he's in a good spot i think i'm sure this guy's you know he's entered his 40s and i think right now what's his main um main objective is probably durability pliability call what you want he's like listen i gotta bounce back and i so he's posting stuff on pilates and you know he's heavy in nutrition he's doing all the stuff that he feels is the right stuff it's working right it's working someone like that i mean i and maybe call me a bad coach for saying this but when you have someone that's had that much success yeah um i'm not coming into this to the situation as a hero saying oh no do my training program you really don't know what's going to happen right but but brady put in the work right you're, you're talking about the, the golfer i forgot his name sorry i'm not tim burke tim burke he's he was inclined and gifted and just did did the work to to become an amazing you know Long golfer. Guy, yeah. yeah but uh you know same bolt put in the work but is there anybody that you guys have, have have come across that's the most gifted athlete you've ever seen but would he would tim burke be it for you and how no, about you no, Derek? no not even i mean tim's tim's a tim's a good admiral he plays for university of miami and he's a long drive champ he's gonna be good i mean i'm curious to hear Derek's opinion i got my opinion on this i mean all of professional sports is natural selection right it's not like there's been this great program behind everybody and it's kind of like you throw like i think there's five over five million youth football players in the u.s like you throw them together and get them to compete and guess what? You're going to have a champion. I mean, it's kind of like China, but I, I just, I can't sit here and go like, yeah, all of these pro athletes have had these great training programs. It's probably more the latter where you go in and say, wow, this guy's technique and squatting is horrible. He doesn't run properly um, because nobody has ever had to intervene and go like, we have to fix this because the guy just kept excelling and excelling and scaling, you know, thousand yard seasons or touchdowns galore and so who's going to go in and say well let's teach you how to squat everybody's going to enable him not hold him back so i think it's i i see it every day like you'll probably see it too don where you see somebody who's just really good at their sport but suck at so many other things and that's just the way it is but that's what i mean is there like one athlete that you that you saw that was just like just spectacular Bo on Jackson. the field. Bo Jackson? Bo, I mean, to me, Bo Jackson, when you describe athlete, I'm not talking about Michael Jordan as like the best in your sport right. or Tiger Woods is the best in your sport. When, 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 when you come to me and you ask me best pure athlete, I think of like strength, power, speed, body type, the ability to be versatile, vers- versatility. He was with baseball and football. I've, I've, I haven't seen an athlete that with that type of speed that type of strength and power and you start diving into like the myths about him and specific things like you know his high school coach saying that he saw him do a um, a standing backflip in a pool with water up to his waist 
you know, at 13 years old, he looked like a grown man, man, and he was dunking a stick, you know, at, at 12 or 13 years old. And, you know, you hear these stories, you know, you know, the running around the wall at Yankee Stadium, you know, how he, he never lifted a weight and he supposedly went in the gym and he lifted 500 pounds and he just, you know, his, he, he didn't understand. I mean, you watch his documentary and he talks about, you know, I don't understand. Why do they want to tire us out? And he's like, We're, I'm here to play football. Why does the coach want to beat us out with this strenuous activity? He wasn't like a gym rat. Yeah. He just went in there and was stronger than any of us will ever be. And to me, that is my definition of the most gifted athlete I've ever seen. I don't know if you agree or disagree with me on that. But. Yeah, like he used to do decathlon and he would be so far ahead by the 1500, the last event that he wouldn't have to run it. So, you know, again, he he probably knew what he was capable of and just said, like, why would I run 1500? That's just going to make me tired and I'm already ahead. So, yeah, he didn't do spring football. I think he did track and yeah, that's probably the Which best I think example. Was smart. I actually think it was smart from a training yeah. standpoint. Yeah, he, he was intuitively aware of what he what he needed, right? So, so it's it's it. I mean, it's kind of sad what happened, but at the same time, we saw him just being exceptional all the time, and then it just ended, where we didn't see any decline, right? So, I got a question now. So, um, a player approaches you about getting ready for the combine. Or, or getting ready for the draft. And I know you, you're in this situation a, a lot. Um, and I know a lot of it depends on positions, et cetera. But can you kind of break down, maybe take one position and break down for us how you would normally kind of set that up from the assessment process all the way through? Yeah, like I'm pretty biased. So I will say like the most important thing, and maybe this is true, the most important thing is we have to, you know, make you look fast, but also get a decent time. Because if you, you know, if you don't, you know, you have to, again, you have to be in the ballpark. And if you're a receiver, you should probably be running around four, 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 five. If you're in a defensive back, if you're a tight end, maybe like four, six, four, seven, maybe even a four, eight. And then, you know, the defensive position, the linebackers that match up with that are safety. What was Jerry like, Rice? What, what, what was Jerry Rice? They said he was only like four, seven, which I can't believe. Um, Cause if you watch him play, you're like, this dude's fast. So uh, again, that's another example is why I rely on his 40 because maybe somebody just timed it wrong or he had a bad day. But I have so much like in my courses, Don, I have Jerry Rice, I have OJ Simpson and um, uh, uh, Adrian Peterson and Barry Sanders, right? And if they all run very well, they're different body types. Unfortunately, OJ Simpson is kind of like you kind of wince as you show the the, the, but he was a world-class track athlete at USC, so he ran very well, and he's still running. Um, but, sure is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, those, ele- those elements are there, right? And oh, my God. So I, I just think, you know, that's what I focus on is, like, we're going to work on your running mechanics. We're going to work on can you run fast to 10 yards? Can you fa- Then can we go to 20? And then you, we just extend it from there. So if it's a lineman, you know, I want him to run well to 10 and 20. Like, should he run a great 40? I don't know if his 10 yard split is really good. He's going to get drafted. Right. So, and then everything else is comes after that. Like the, the movement drills and the vertical jump. I don't think there is, um, impressionable, uh, a test. So if he does okay in those great, but if his 40 is really good and he's a decent prospect, he will get picked up. So that's the way I approach it. And are these courses that are available on your website? Well, we're doing them all in person. I, I, the first one was at, at, at Don's facility at Drive 495, and it was really good. Um, we had like 45, 50 people. There was, it was a tremendous success and you know, due much in part to Don. Um, but 
yeah, we're, I'm just trying to do them in person. We were in Montreal. We're probably going to be in Dallas in November and just picking some spots where, you know, I have good support from people who are hosting and then just teaching coaches and physical therapists right now. So. I mean, he, he basically sell, I mean, he's going to start doing these more, but he basically pretty much sells out last year. I think we did our first one where true form, I think was nice enough to send in 12 treadmills. I think it was about 12, right? And we set them up on the gym floor, like right in the middle of the gym floor. And you basically had 24 people. You had one person on each treadmill. You had another person of resting and every hour for, it was like four or five hours. You had another group of 24 people walk in and he just went through sprinting mechanics and, and how to run and, and different types of like tempo drills or whatever it might be. And it was amazing. And I find so much value in that because, you know, as children, we're meant to run. I feel like as human beings, we're meant to run. And what do we do? We sit. Um, you, you start pretty much losing that elasticity in the muscle. And, and you feel it. Like sometimes I'll get up from this chair and you just feel tight. Yeah. Back in the day when you were a young kid, you know, if you're walking across the street in the city and a cab's coming, you go and you sprint. Now you start running. You're like, all right, you feel things warming up. And I think what I love about Derek's approach is it's so simplistic. But like he just gets people moving. And it could be for 10 meters, right. which is nothing. You're like, well, wait a second. This seven steps. Yeah. Seven steps. Like, well, really? This is a running drill? And you just get in there and when you start doing some technique work and then some max effort work, you're not only getting a workout, but you feel your body after a few days actually getting faster and relearning that, that you know, that that skill that you that you pretty much lost. Any plans to bring that back to Driver or New York City? I'd, I'd love to cover this with permission, of course. I think this would be really, really cool to to showcase what it is that uh this that, is what we're gonna do on. this is what we're gonna do next time when are you gonna be out here again i'm, I'm, I'm whenever you want don well i think what want, we should but... do is we should call true form we should because they were great enough to lend us treadmills and um we should bring Derek in and we should have you almost host like you know i don't know maybe we could do some type of like uh you know a, a live or uh you know you guys can come yeah, we could for... bring a couple of whatever general population athletes whatever and then take them through the process and say look this is what we're trying to accomplish and the whole idea is like whenever i'm at drive i always get people calling me like hey can you work with this client and the idea is that we're trying to give them skills so that when they go out and run they're much better it's not like we're you know i don't want to malign different group fitness operations there but we just don't go in there and beat the hell out of them and then send them off we teach them how to run and how to come up with their own strategies so that's actually a big thing and i'm sure you know this since you know you have a, a show with don god i'm so jealous um <laughs> that uh you know that that's a big problem that that don brings up a lot with group fitness is that it ends up being you know you don't really come out learning much uh, or how your yeah, body put your mind work. in neutral and just right. go and yeah. and I, again i find because there's an, an obesity issue i think it's i get it that people want to just get up and move and i think that should be encouraged but i also think learning about how your body operates and learning how to keep it moving uh you know for the for the long haul is a better option but that's just my someone thing. said it to me this morning i, I met with uh, one of my investors and he said you know 90 percent of it is just getting people off the couch right. and i'm like yeah you're right it really is because if you take someone sedentary who's sitting on the couch yeah. is that worse for their body than them going and taking a crossfit class like you follow what i'm saying there's different ways of looking at it like i don't want them sitting down on the other hand they shouldn't be jerking weight overhead and there right. should be a better selection of exercises and in all fairness general population out there it's not their job to know these are finance people working in the city or moms or whatever it might be. They're going in to do something mindless. They're going in there because they're relating success to a sweat. My, my attitude is 
it is our job as fitness practitioners, fitness experts, call fitness professionals, call whatever you want to be able to give them the best product possible. And what's happening is, is that no, when you are, yes, when you're going to a Barry's boot camp or when you're going to a, a specific environment or whatever it is, they're not, there's not a lot of attention pay to that detail. And I do feel like in these organizations, why not? What's wrong with having a coach move around and say, no, you know what? Um, I need you to drive your, I need you to drive your knee a little bit higher. I need you to get your, your hand from your, pretty much your chin down to your pocket on every stride. You don't really see that as much. It just turns into this big hamster wheel of sweat, 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 go, go, go. And then the problem is, is that fitness becomes something negative because then your back starts hurting you or then you start developing knee problems and all the stress on your body is building up over and over. And that's why I love learning from someone like Derek because he just, if someone's coming in and they're asking for sprint advice, don't come to me. Right. Don't. Could I teach him? Sure. There's a lot better people out there to show than myself. I'll, I'll refer him over to him. Yeah. And a lot of people don't want to do that. But it's also because you're at a point in your career where you're not... A, you're, you're, you know, you have your ego in check, but also you're at a point in your career where you're not desperate, where you need I'm something. I'm not trying to be the jack of all trades. Yeah. And a lot of people, I think, especially younger people coming up, they want to establish something for themselves. So they're willing to say like, oh yeah, I'll teach you how to sprint, even if they have no idea, rather than give that business away to send them to somebody well, that's way smarter. It's bad. I sent, Derek, I sent you a video. I'm not going to mention the, the gentleman's name because I actually know him. He's a nice guy. But he put up a video and I'm looking at sprint mechanics. I'm like, this looks terrible. But before I'm going to criticize and start passing judgment, I sent it to him. I go, can you send some comments on this? And then he, threw and he, up. Wrote, he no. writes back <laughs> and I'm like, can you break down what's wrong? And he was like, da, 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 like bullet points. And I start, and it was good for my own education. So I looked at his bullet point. I went up, I looked at him, and I started assessing and analyzing his comments on it. I'm like, why is this guy giving his two cents and trying to act like a sprint coach? Like, just be great at what you're great at and collaborate with someone like Derek and bring Derek in and showcase him. More of that goes around. You know, it's like I think now you start adding value to everyone's program and product. And I think then you start getting looked at as well. I really value his opinion. Don's not trying to go teach the hammer throw because he's a strong guy. He doesn't know shit about it. He's, he's going to someone who actually knows about it. We need to see a lot more of that. Love to see that though, but um, never yeah, thrown a hammer I, actually. <laughs> <laughs> like what I'm trying to do is appeal to people's sensibilities, and we'll have people like, "Oh yeah, I got this finance guy in New York, and he won't listen to me. He just wants to grind." And I said, "Well, I mean, throw it back at him and say, like, if I wanted to learn about finance, I'm not going to just like you know knock back Red Bulls and cocaine and have sleepless nights and that. You know, I'm going to learn about finance. Sounds like right? fun, right? Yeah, it's like because obviously <laughs> you go with meth, not cocaine. Sounds like a blast. <laughs> but you know, like. The, the things I throw it back at them is like the science behind it. Like uh, a lot of the sprinting stuff is hind brain, lower brain, like hippocampus function. And if you look at this, the research around it, if you, uh, the hippocampus is re- re- involved in spatial identification and like when you go hunting and all that sort of stuff. So if you force your hippocampus to operate faster, then everything operates faster visual. Like, so I'm going to start this whole thing in Vancouver, like sprinting for mathematics for the whole Asian community here. I think it'll take off, but the whole idea that it'll make you think faster because you're moving faster, that's appealing. And then on the marathon side, I said, look, if I can make you more elastic and reactive off the ground and I can shorten your ground contact time by like say two tenths of a second or two one hundredths, two one hundredths, we can't even discern that. So two one hundredths, how many steps do you take in a marathon? Like 50, 60,000. So that's going to be like a 20 minute improvement by just working on elasticity. That's incredible. Yeah, it is. So, you that's, know, the math is there. And another thing, too, when, when you start looking at, uh, uh, you know, the demographics of the, of the viewer, 
the the reader, call it what you want, the subscriber to the magazine. The majority of the people out there, what do they, what do they really want? They want to look better. Right. They want to feel better. And they all want, I've never met anyone who doesn't want like an optimal level of body fat. Right. Right. So, but there's such, I mean, Derek, can you jump into this? I know this is a little bit more mainstream and maybe this is a little less about performance, but when you're talking about running for fat burning, some of the greatest physiques I've ever seen in my life happen to be sprinters. Right. Go to a track meet, right? <laughs> Great yeah. butts. You know, great legs, stronger abs. Bo- bo- uh, yeah. bodies. Like, yeah, talk about that for for a second. What, the yeah, butts? I just you know metabolically the great like butts. if you <laughs> like there was a like we did this thing around combine time where I said okay we're gonna go out and we're gonna I want you to run a forty because like Rich Eisen did it and I think the NFL commissioner ran a forty in his in the office and I said okay let's see like average person go out and run a forty see if you can do it so then I had to go do it and it was pretty cold here in February in Vancouver or March whenever it was. And I'm like, oh shit, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna hurt myself. And we're filming it, right? But I did all, a shitty little warm up, jogged around, and I wasn't warming up. And then I did the very first run, timed run, and my body heated up immensely. Like it was like, it's not even like, did somebody flip a switch to turn on the heat? So by just forcing yourself to do something maximal like that, your body's just gonna heat up naturally. And then think of, you know, what you're doing from a caloric burning point of view. So I just think, you know, there's, People aren't tapping into that, right? They're, you know, everybody just sort of down regulates into a jog or whatever, gets on the bike. And, and if you, you guys know, if you don't push yourself, you're not going to move the needle. So, so why is it that like, um, the it's running has got this reputation that it's going to, you know, tear your joints apart, your knees specifically, like, is it because people don't know how to run properly or they're just kind of doing too much of one style of running? Or something both, like that. Yeah. Both, both, both on the mark there, right? They don't know. How, nobody's taught. Like, how were you? How many people do you know when you go go up to them and say, like, "Hey, were you ever taught how to run?" Like, no. Like, it's like the breathing thing. Like, who was taught how to breathe? Now we're getting into that. So nobody's been taught how to run. And then more is always better. So you have this sort of like, you know, like let's just keep grinding, 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 and you'll see people will basically be crushed into the earth. You'll see their hips drop, and they're like. They all look like Quasimodo, like as they get further into the run. So if you haven't been taught and you don't know the right amounts and how to program it, you're, you're going to get crushed. And so that's, you know, that's why everybody has a bad impression. If I'm coming to you, like, um, and I think it kind of relates to what Don was asking earlier. I'm a, I'm a day one beginner or I'm somebody that's just wanting to <laughs> run and I come to you. Is there a specific assessment you put me through immediately? Yeah, there's just basic drills that we use, like the marching, skipping, and the running high knee drills. And that'll really tell me, one, do you have the right posture? Do you have any range of motion restrictions? Do you have any elastic limitations? Or even just where you put your feet. And then once we coordinate your arms and legs and your posture is good, we don't actually let you run until you check off those you know, little uh, pointers there, right? So yeah, so it's, I mean, it's no different than assessment Don would do when taking somebody through a lifting workout is like, why would I put 500 pounds in your back to squat when you can't even do a proper body weight squat? So it's, it's, it is a progression. And do you, uh, do people get frustrated with you? Like, cause they think that they're going to get, I know I've, I've asked this with Don too, you know, people want to show up and just train lift. And then do they show up and want to just run and you're like, well, you, you, wait a minute, you can't really run yet. Not really. Cause I think they know what I'm all about. Like they've kind of researched and like the, the price is high enough that you weed out those people. So, um, uh, so yeah, they, they show up and they know that we're going to go through a very exhaustive technical exercise. Um, you know, I will, some of the people that I've, I've kind of mentored in New York city, 
because they don't have the confidence and maybe the reputation, they run into that that a lot. It's like, I should just be putting in miles. Why are you working on these technical things? It doesn't make sense to me. So then I, again, I offer those examples of the, how many steps you take in a marathon and so, and then the other part of it is the guy who has the world record in the marathon, it's 201, two hours, one minute. In order to run 201, he's running 439 per mile, 26 times. Like, can we do that once? Jeez, no. I can't so 439 probably means he can run um, a, a straight mile and probably like 350. And if he can run that in 350, that means he can probably run a 446 seconds, which means he could probably run 100 in under 11 seconds, like 10, 8. Or, so he's fast. That dude is fast. And you have to tell people like, listen, in order to run long distances fast, you have to work on some of these shorter qualities. So now, uh, since you brought it up, I, I kind of I want to know uh, the price point. Is that something that you just you negotiate with an individual, or is it something that's a flat something flat for just regular individuals, not say teams or anything like that? Well, you you kind of price it so that if somebody wants your one-on-one, then it's going to cost you know a certain you know a couple hundred dollars. And then I always say I don't want to be inaccessible, so I say like get a group of kids together, parents, and then you know we'll divide up that cost and, and make sure it's worth everybody's while. So you know I try to be as accessible as possible. And now with the courses, I'm teaching others to kind of get out there and and, and get the information out. So you know, running's really running. It's funny because over the last decade, I almost feel like it's gotten a little bit of a bad rap. You know, and you will hear that a lot more. Running's bad for you. Running's bad for you. And you know, I um. Not for any reason. I've always been a runner. I've always loved to run. It's uh, for physically, mentally, it's just something that has always made me feel good. For the last year up until recently, I didn't run much. And I felt my body. I felt my bounce. You and I were talking about it with elasticity. I felt it, you know, definitely downshift a little bit. So what did I do? I didn't beat up my body. I started probably every before every right after every warm up, I'd start with like a like a, a simple mile. And if it was something that was gonna interfere in a mile, listen, a mile I, I squatted after running a mile the other day and, you know, I wasn't running hard. I probably ran at like a 630 pace and my squat was actually stronger. I actually felt stronger. I don't feel like I beat myself up long enough to where it was so taxing to where like my energy system just couldn't support the weight I had on my, on my back. I went, I was squatting 400 pounds and I felt great. My posture was great. My hips felt great. So I just feel like, yes, if, if you... If you don't use it, you lose it. And I still believe that it's something that we need to implement into all of us do as long as you're healthy. But starting with a simple 10 meter drill, like those those 10 meter tur- those 10 meter turnovers that you had us do in the gym, where you would just get in sprinting position and you would almost fall forward into a 10 meter sprint. And every kind of time you you increase the speed, you increase the speed. He'd say, well, how how much? Like as long as your body's allowing you to do and just getting comfortable. And then every time you come in there, it gets a little faster, a little faster. And out of nowhere, you've reestablished what you lost. But if you don't use it, you lose it. Yeah, we do a lot of stuff in place. Like I always in my presentations, I always show like a phone booth, which nobody knows what it is anymore but you should be able to do it in a phone booth like up and down and then maybe a prison cell you know sometimes we uh tether people to the power rack with the elastic band and they do the drills in place because it just feels a little more supportive but i mean whenever i do a talk i say when was the last time you sprinted and somebody put their hand up like i don't know grade six uh you know because we there's just no need to do that like we're not being chased by wild animals or we're not hunting so we just don't have to do it and, and, and I think that's a problem. But don't you feel like if your body is prepped to sprint, you're going to have a healthier body? I, uh, yeah, I feel, it's I just feel a good. fight or flight phenomenon, right? Like either you have to have that acute stressor solution, right? 
And again, like you know how many people have, like I help out at a PT clinic in Vancouver here. How many people come in and say, I hurt myself running to the bus or subway or whatever, or chasing my kid, playing with my kid. So clearly they're not doing this stuff and it's actually effect negatively affecting their health in a really significant manner, like double, uh, double Achilles tendon rupture, double uh, patellar tendon or quad tendon ruptures, you know, stuff like that. Right. So crazy. What, um, you know, you just had me think, he has me thinking a little bit, it'd be cool to have him put together like, like some type of a program for the magazine or something like that, you know, just like a sprinting fat burning program, like almost like killing two birds with one stone because people who are reading the magazine, most of them are GPP, general physical preparedness, which is they just, they want to be stronger, look better naked, et cetera. But we start losing that movement and we start losing that ability to, to go and, Have um, you guys seen this video? No, we're looking at it now. This is the bodybuilder versus the guy who's the track athlete, football athlete. Like this is, I use this all the time, right? So you got the guy who's got the great bodybuilding physique. They sprint. Dude blows up. Oh no! <laughs> Bilateral hamstring rupture. Oh no! Right. So I'll send that guys to you, that, that video to you and you guys can use it. But it's that, that's a perfect example of like, obviously his muscles are strong, but he's not conditioned. I just feel like a lot, enough bodybuilders aren't, I understand their, their job is to put on as much muscle as possible. And I also get that, you know, after they compete in the Olympia or whatever it is, a lot of them like to take a couple weeks off a week, two weeks off. I just, I, I would almost, I would almost mix it up a little bit. I would almost like kind of phase them on to something a little bit more athletic based for say a max month because they need as much po uh, time to put muscle on as possible but i also feel like if they're moving a certain way and their bodies are feeling good because everyone i talk to i'm like well how you doing they're like you know no injuries feeling good i'm like that's the first thing you're bringing up to me that you have no injuries like that's pretty that's pretty <laughs> pathetic like think about it. like how about i feel good and my, and my body's great and it's recovering but they all want to take some time off like that's the answer i'm like yeah but you're going to go back and do the same stuff which is part of your job but we need to get you moving differently yeah, and, and I think what you just saw in that video is is why a lot of uh, those guys would say they don't run because they're afraid of injury. But the thing is, if you don't do it, then and then you do it just out of nowhere, yeah, your your likelihood of injury is going to escalate. So most of the bodybuilders too, at some point, like it's just. I feel like it's just a stick. Like you're just putting all the strain on the stick, and you're bending it, and you're bending it. And it's like, all right, man, when's it going to snap? Yeah. You know, like it just at a specific point. I've never really met a bodybuilder that's gotten through a career that's like, oh no. I'm but I would, I mean, I would absolutely go through that and and you know document and write about my experience for sure. Oh, no, like and, I, and you shouldn't. It's it's offering something that I, I don't think you know many people get the opportunity to see, nor do they really know enough about it. Right. They all think, oh, thirty on, thirty off, or minute on, minute off, because they're always relating like fat burning to this like form of cardiovascular training. But you know, when when he gets you in there doing like. 10 meter, you know, 10 meter work. 10 meters is nothing. Right. You know, he said it's seven, seven steps, right? Seven steps. Yeah. Like seven so we steps. Do this, so we do this thing uh, where it's like you run 10, decelerate, turn around, run 10. You do 10 of those. So five back and forth, seven steps. That's all you're doing. And then every week, every day, I did this thing where I did one set. So it's 10 reps. Then I did two sets, three sets, 40 reps, 50 reps. I did it consecutive days. I almost died at the seven or eight. So that's 80 reps of 10 yard sprints. Like it's actually exhausting, but the, you know what? We had uh, some players in the MLS, the soccer league do it and they don't like lifting weights. They're soccer players. Right. So, uh, but they were all saying they had noticed 
pec and uh, shoulder and bicep hypertrophy from doing the repeat sprints. I can believe that. So, yeah. Like you, you, the amount of force you're doing to counter your legs is Tension incredible. The body. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. So what we should, Derek, what we should do is you should look at your calendar and determine the next time you want to come out and host something. And I think we should start reaching out to, you know, our, our partners and uh, then we'll bring Zach in. No, let's make it an event. Let's do it. Let's, let's make, make it, it really event. cool. I mean, would you guys, maybe you guys even like, you know, in, you know, invite people down, advertise. Whatever I think it it'd be really cool. Yeah, yeah. that'd be a great idea, Derek. Yeah, because uh, even since we did the drive event, I've had dozens of people say, like, when are you coming back? I missed it. I was away for the holidays or something. Why so. don't we do it in the fall? What, Dude, you yeah. say when? You want to October? Do... October's after Olympia. That would be probably perfect. Sure. And that's about, yeah, I think you need, what, two, two, you don't even need that much time to, to I, Not for New York, honestly. Yeah. You know? Okay. So yeah. do you want to try, like, mid-October, mid-end yeah. of October? Let's sure. do it. All right. Very cool. Let's do it. Muscle and Fitness will 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 feature, and we're gonna have some fun with this. No, it's gonna be cool. Yeah, oh, I'm excited. And, and it'd be awesome to get all sorts of different body types and training types in there, and just see how they respond, right? Yeah, we could definitely do that. Done. That would be really really interesting Done. to see. Uh, to get some of the bigger guys out there trying to to move like Derek was saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, do we do it? Of... Do we do it more like what we did last year? I think we get a bunch of treads in, and I think we do turf work, like like you set up. Both, yeah, we could do. I both. love that. You see, starts them on the turf in the back, and he goes through all the drills, and then he brings one group to the treadmill, and then the next group starts warming up on the turf type of thing, and it just becomes this like round robin of like people coming in and out of there, and they really get. I mean, to to get that type of coaching in, in an hour. Yeah, awesome. no, it would be very cool. All right, very cool. Awesome, uh, Dave. Yeah, and then and then as they finish, you guys sell them supplements or something. I don't yeah, know. Like, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> we're just about helping and educating people, right? <laughs> supplying everyone with a better product. <laughs> well, listen, Derek, recovery. D- exactly, Derek. Can you let everyone know where to uh, where they can find you, uh, social handles, if they want to reach out to you with any? Yeah, questions? like the websites, like just for my basic stuff, it's sprintcoach.com. So that's pretty easy to to remember. And then the the courses is runningmechanics.com. So I've kept it pretty simple. And then if you go to just all my social media is Derek M, middle initial for Matthew Hansen, H-A-N-S-E-N. Uh, that's, and then at Running Mechanics is the other Instagram. And, you know, so th- those are the two areas I'm working right now because it's just I feel there's a bit of a, a need. There's a vacuum there. And that's what I'm good at. So what the hell? Hey, eh? so. Well, um, so the course has been approved. You can call Cody and Chris and set that up so you're all set. <laughs> That's about is the that AC easy. okay? No, we don't need AC then. The AC's perfect. So, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> We're not going to need it in October. We probably will. Um, you want to do our closing? I thought that was awesome. Yeah, sure. I'd like to uh, first, thanks, Derek. Thanks a lot for coming on, man. That was uh, super cool. And I'm looking forward to October seeing you out here. That, yeah, that's going to be you really cool. Uh, this is reps episode number six seventy five. Six hundred and five. Uh, who knows? Uh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, we just make it up. We don't really remember. No one's ever going to know. Yeah. 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 Six seventy eight. Sure. That's about right. Uh, that is at Don Saladino on Instagram. At Zraz. And you can get us uh, at Muscle and Fitness, or you can email reps, reps. at muscleandfitness.com. And uh, until next time. Thank you very much, Derek. An honor. I, I can't I can't do this enough with you, man. I gotta be honest. Well, we're gonna be doing a Friday, yes, so we are. get we used are. to it. All right, probably. Oh yeah, so plug <laughs> your other podcast too. Why yeah. don't you go D&D, ahead? D and D Fitness Radio, yeah. the real podcast, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the better one. On.
We'll have you on. <laughs> Let's see. You want to be a guest? Anytime. Anytime. You're on. That's it. We're going to go. We'll All wait right. till someone drops out. <laughs> yeah. I'll be Just like the kidding. backup of the backup. I love yeah. it. All right. Let's call Zach. Okay. All right. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah, that's how Tom Brady got started. Yeah, that's on. true. Too that long. is true. You know what? Yeah. He's pliable already. That's true. All right, man. Well, D, that was I'll see awesome. you Friday, bud. Thanks, man. See ya. Thanks, guys. That's it. Take care.